This is a production of the Z Talk Radio Network. The views expressed and opinions given by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Z Talk Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. Wow. It's dark. Well, let's have some light on the subject. Put on your critical thinking caps and please refrain from hugging. It's time for Dimland Radio with your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Hello and welcome to Dimland Radio here on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Remember, I'm not really a doctor. I just play doctor online. I might sound a little different. I can't quite hear how I sound at this point, but I might sound a little different because I'm doing this a little bit differently than what I normally do my shows. First of all, I'm doing this on a Saturday. Uh, normally my shows are show up on, uh, on ZTalk at 11 p.m. Central, Saturday nights and it's now just before nine o'clock on Saturday night and I'm recording the show normally I do this on Fridays well there's a reason why I didn't record it last night uh, I'm also recording it in my in my room my little uh, art studio cluttered with a bunch of stuff but still my room uh, I'm doing it in here rather than downstairs because of the time in the evening Amy's probably watching something and I don't want to interrupt that. So, okay. And why didn't we? Didn't I record this last night? Well, the reason was because Amy and I went to see a Twins game. I'm going to warn the sports ballers. There's going to be a little bit of sports here at the top of the show. Uh, we went to the game. I want to. Uh, it was the third game that I've seen this season. So I need to thank some people. I need to thank my brother-in-law Cam and his wife Missy. Uh, they got uh, they got us tickets for one of the games that I went to, uh, that Amy and I went to, and then uh, I'd like to thank uh, my friend uh, Maddie and her wife Julie. Uh, Maddie got us tickets for the other two games that we saw, and uh, so it was Maddie. Uh, it was her tickets that we used last night to watch the Minnesota Twins actually win a game. <laughs> It's the one game of the three that I've seen this season where the Twins have won a game. And uh, Amy and I uh, took in the game. The uh, third game that, that was actually the first game that I saw in the, during the season was with my son Hayden. Uh, the other two games were with my wife, Amy. Uh, it was great. Even, even the games that the, that the Twins lost, it was just great. It's just great to sit in a ballpark and watch it happen. I go back to watching the games at the Metrodome. Uh, my friend John and I, uh, if there was nothing going on on a Saturday night, and, but there was a Twins game in the Metrodome, he'd say, hey, well, let's go get some you know, $3 tickets and sit up in the cheap, cheap seats and watch the game. So that's, that's what we used to do. Uh, so it was great. So thank you to uh, Maddie and Julie and to Cam and Missy for, for the opportunities for uh, for me to see three ball games this year, for Hayden to see one and Amy to see two, that's how it, that's how it all shook out. Uh, now, <clears throat> I also want to say this in fairness to the twins. Remember last week, I was telling you about about why I hate the Yankees so much, and it's because the the hated Yankees have so owned the Minnesota Twins for the last two decades. They just the 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 win loss record is so lopsided in favor of the Yankees. But I should say this in fairness to the Twins, they did win one of the seven games that they played against the hated Yankees. It was one of the games in, the, uh, in an earlier uh, three-game series that was uh, earlier in the season uh, at which they played at Target Field. So uh, they won one of those games. They came from behind. They were down six to nothing, I think, and they came from behind and won. I think it was nine to six. I didn't write it down, but I'm pretty sure that's where it was. So they did manage to win one game 
against the evil empire. But that's just falls right in line with what I've been what I was saying last week. It's just, you know, one in seven games is just not good enough. That for some reason they can't beat these guys. Uh, they need to just uh, well, I don't want to get into going at all uh, going all over with it again. So, anyway, the Twins did manage to win a game this season, one game. So, okay, I guess. <laughs> but I'm going to stick with the sports ball for a little bit. But this I'm going to do a little history of one aspect of sports ball and then uh, and then I'll link it to something uh, that's much more current and then uh, well we'll see <laughs> um, you are you may be aware that uh, baseball was not always uh, seg uh, a desegregated game in about 1890 the owners of the professional baseball teams uh, at, at that time had what was what's known as uh, a gentleman's agreement that none would hire a black player. They just weren't going to have black players on their teams. I don't know why. Yeah, well, racism, obviously. But how they justified it to themselves, I don't know. But it, it's they just had this agreement. So there was nothing, there was no formal rule, there was nothing written down, there, they, there wasn't anything they voted on and passed by a majority or anything like that. There wasn't an edict put down by the guy in charge of everything, if there was at that time. Uh, they didn't have a commissioner back in those days. Uh, it, it wasn't that. Uh, it was just, uh, you know, the guy said, we're not going to hire any black players. And that's essentially as good as a ban, right? And it wasn't until 1947, uh, I guess just before that, uh, the owner of the Boston Red Sox, a man named Branch Rickey, he was uh, very instrumental in uh, modernizing the game. I believe he was responsible for the farm system, the minor league system. He was—I think—he was responsible for 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 using for getting that going to help you know train talent to bring them up to play in the majors and that kind of thing. Uh, he um, he was the owner of the Boston Red Sox. He had decided that he was going to break this color barrier. He was going to he was going to deviate from the gentleman's agreement. So he got his scouts to look for uh, a, a good black player that would be uh, a good choice to be that first player to come into the majors he had to be he had to be good you know and but he had to be of a temperament that could take the uh, the cruelty that was going to be aimed his way uh, for playing in the white man's game. Uh, so they, uh, the scouts found Jackie Robinson, who was this tremendous athlete and a tremendous baseball player. Very smart, uh, very talented. In, you know, he, he, he worked hard at being the best ball player he could be. And, I mean, I know I've criticized in the past this idea that Mario Cuomo, former governor of uh, New York, who's dead now, but he was in this Ken Burns uh, documentary about baseball, which is where I get a lot of this information for you anyway. Uh, he, he was talking about how he loved the bunt, and I thought, well, nobody loves the bunt. Nobody loves that. He said, okay, you got it. You got a guy on first, there's, uh, there's one out or less, and uh, the pitcher's up, and the pitcher's not a, bit, a great hitter, but we'll have him bunt the person into scoring positions that, oh boy, how exciting is that? Well, I did talk a, a while back about how the bunt can be exciting. If it's a squeeze play, you bring in a, a, a runner in from third on a bunt, that can be exciting. But it, and I, I talked about this as well. I watched some old clip of, um, uh, of a game that had Jackie Robinson playing and Roy Campanella. And back to back, they bunted for singles. And it was amazing. <laughs> it's just how they did it. It was amazing. So if that's what Mario Cuomo was talking about, well, I guess. I guess he's right. So, anyway. Uh, 
Jackie Robinson is brought, you know, to meet with uh, Branch Rickey. Uh, Branch Rickey sits him down and he he tells him, he says, okay, I'm going to, you know, expose you to some of the stuff that you're going to be facing. And he just calls him every name in the book and he just does, he does all the stuff. This is what you're going to be facing when you come up and play in the majors. Uh, being the first black player to do that, this is what's going to happen to you. And then he says, can you take it? Can you do it? And then he held Jackie to uh, a, an agreement to say, you will not fight back. And I think it was for four years. I think that's how long it was. You will not fight back. You will take it. Because it, because if you know you don't want to give any more fuel. We don't want to give any more fuel to the racism that's in the game, and to the racists that play. We don't want to give any more to it. We just, you know, just you, you have to be able to take it. And Jackie did. Jackie Robinson took took it, and he showed how good he could play. Now, one of the uh, one of the arguments against bringing in black players was that it meant that a white player wasn't going to get to play. But what that, but what he really, when you break that down a bit, uh, what that meant was a marginal black uh, white player, a white player that might be. Yeah, good, <laughs> but not great. Not really good. Not great. Not magnificent. But those players that are just, you know, they're just good enough. Because what the majors would do once Jackie was brought into the game and showed that he could take it and that he could uh, play in the majors, and he actually uh, showed a different kind of play because the Negro leagues, which is where the black players had to play. They had developed their own style of baseball, and now that was starting to come into the majors because other teams were beginning to take black players in, and the game was beginning to change, and the game got better. It got more exciting. It got faster. It, got, it just got better. And so when the major leagues came to the Negro Leagues to pluck out the black players that they were going to bring into their, you know, into the majors, they, they were taking the best players. The best guys were going. So those marginal players, like if you had a so-so a shortstop, white guy, he's going to lose that job because you're going to get, you know, you're going to get a black player who's really good at it because they're taking the best players. It was the death knell of the Negro Leagues. They just, uh, they, they continued on for a while. But they couldn't compete, and they couldn't get the best talent because they were going to the majors, and and the and the fans started to just go to the major league games because they saw people that looked like them playing the game, and they found it more attractive, and they just it just they just gravitated that way, and eventually the Negro League shut down, and uh, you know, and it's you know that's basically <laughs> kind of what happened when they got to the into integrating into uh, uh, you know into a league that doesn't have a color barrier anymore. Um, and I think there was, I can't remember which person in Ken Burns' documentary said that, uh, uh, you know, I think it was a player or a manager told the other, the white players, they said, you guys better, you know, you better buck up. You better, you know, <laughs> you better stick, get get at it because better players are going to come. And you so you better up your game if you want to keep your job. And that's what happened. And again, the game got better. So let's pivot over to something that I saw on uh, uh, on my internets, uh, on the on the on the Facebook. Um, there was a meme shared uh, about um, comparing a superstar player from the NBA which is the National Basketball Association, with a, uh, a player on the WNBA. Do I have... Oh, I'm, not seeing the, uh, I'm not seeing the meme. Um, the meme was... Uh, it shows a picture of Sue Bird and a picture of LeBron James. Sue Bird uh, plays for the WNBA. LeBron James plays for the NBA. And it gives a, a certain uh, statistics. Now, I would have placed these in a different order, but let's—I'll—I'll—I'll uh, I'll I'll, I'll share the the meme 
on uh, on the on the show notes. So just get to those by going to dimland.com and clicking on the show notes option. If you're not checking out the show notes, you're getting only like 64.27% of the show. I don't know. I'm just making up this, the percentage. Just making it up. Uh, okay. Now, both LeBron James and Sue Bird, this was as of the 2020 season, or, the, or uh, at the close of the 2020 season. Both players had been in the league for 17 years, in their respective leagues, for 17 seasons. Uh, both players had four championships within their respective leagues. Here's where the deviation begins. The uh, LeBron James, his his uh, his bonus for being on the winning team in the 2020 Finals was three hundred seventy thousand uh, dollars. Sue Bird's bonus for winning the 2020 championship finals for the WNBA, her bonus was $11,356. Now, Sue Bird, her 2020 salary is was $215,000. LeBron James' 2020 salary was $37 million, uh, uh, $37.44 million dollars and that's a bit of a disparity now I'm I'm I, I'm gonna accept that these numbers are accurate I suppose I could have looked into it a little deeper but I'm gonna ex- accept that those numbers are accurate now this meme was being shared as a sort of a uh, this is a sexist uh, this is the patriarchy this is misogyny or something you know things of that sort of nature I think the how unfair this is look at this disparity and I put up a comment that just said, supply and demand. That's supply and demand. That's what it is. I mean, it's... What's the demand for the women's league? What's the demand for the men's league? So let's... Uh, uh, there's this um, site called uh, Deseret News. I don't know, I'll link to it in the show notes. It gives a bunch of comparisons uh, based on this meme. The pay disparity uh, between the w, the NBA and the WNBA and the, uh, is is a numbers game, according to the headline. Uh, so I'll I'll run down some some numbers. Okay, now for the NBA, for the men's league, the average attendance per game, and I think these numbers were compiled in for 2019 or something like that. But the average attendance per game. Yeah, it had to be 2019 because the 2020 season was all messed up because of the pandemic, which is still a thing, y'all. So the average attendance for the men's league per game, 17,760. The average attendance for an NBA, a WNBA game, the women's league, is 6,535. Uh, you know, 11,000 less per game. Uh, the average ticket price, they gave a range for the NBA. They give the range of $51 to $89. They give that range for the average ticket price. For The average ticket price for uh, the Women's League is $17. The average TV viewership for an NBA game is 2 million viewers per game. That's the average. For the women's league, the average TV viewership is two hundred forty-six thousand. Now the total revenue, and that's not just profit, but it's you know profits and part of it, I guess. But the total revenue for twenty nineteen for the NBA was seven point nine two billion with a B dollars. The total revenue for the women's league sixty million dollars uh, there's also I think 30 men's teams 12 women's teams I'm not sure if the if the seasons are the same length I think the women's season is a little shorter uh, it happens during the off season of the men's so they're not competing directly with the men's uh, there are some teams that are uh, almost com- 
you know, directly affiliated with one of the men's leagues. Like here in Minnesota, we have the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Minnesota Lynx. They play in the same building. Uh, so the, and there's a there's a there's a, a shared aspect to those two teams. There's a few other teams that are like that. Uh, so, um, so that's why LeBron James makes so much more money. He's a superstar of that league. Uh, I assume Sue Bird is a superstar of the other league. I say I assume because you know, I don't watch it. And and that's why there's such a difference because there's so much more money in the the men's side of things than there is on the women's side of things. Uh, I'm going to come back from my break. I'm going to talk a little bit more on this uh, and see, you know, see if I can uh, dig myself into a deep hole. <laughs> anyway, you're listening to uh, Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. I'll return after this break. To Z Talk Radio, the number one choice for music, sports, news, and talk radio. So keep that dial locked to ztalkradio.com. Do you believe in ghosts? Do you think Bigfoot is real? Do you suspect that your neighbor is really Val Tor, leader of the lizard people of Bendar 3? Well, Dr. Dim doesn't, and he'll tell you why when you tune in to Dimland Radio Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern on Talk Radio Network. It's an hour of science promotion, pop culture rants, personal observation, and of course, skepticism. Join Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons, Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern, for Dimland Radio on Talk Radio Network. Remember, there's no hugging in the chat room. You're listening to Dimland Radio on Z Talk Radio Network. We're the station that beats all the competition, and we'll prove it as soon as we hear any competition. You're listening to Z Talk Radio Network. Welcome back to Dimland Radio here on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. I'm uh, continuing to dig myself into this hole. Uh, hopefully not, actually. Uh, now, um, the, 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 uh, another difference between the men's basketball league and the women's basketball league is the, the, the men's league's been around for like 75 years. The NBA has been around for something like that, seventy-five years or so, and the women's uh, the uh, the women's National Basketball Association has been around for about twenty, something like that, and so or twenty-five, uh, somewhere in that range. So, hasn't had a chance to have the history. Uh, can can it become as uh, as viewed as attended? Maybe. Maybe it can. Um, I don't know. <laughs> uh, I, I, uh, I, this, this is where I get a little... I, I hope I don't tread in the wrong kinds of waters here. But I want to, I want to sort of connect it to my talk about the, the black players being brought into the, the major leagues in baseball. And I thought... The you know the 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 upshot of doing that Im- improved the game, and it also you know it it it, it helped knock down an inst- you know one of the institutions of racism that had been allowed to exist for far too long in the country. It 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 knocked that away. It's, it's, this is it. We're done with this this nonsense. These guys, if they're talented, if they're skilled. If they can do the job, then why in the hell aren't they playing? You know. So I thought, 
what if what if it it became it came to a point where the suggestion is that women should play alongside men in, you know in baseball in basketball you know what I mean how and see now that's I, I I started thinking well you know <laughs> if a woman comes into the game that means like there's a there's gonna be a man that's not going to have the game the, that job right right which is which is kind of uh, that same argument you know if a black player takes the job that means that's a white player that's not gonna have a job well now if a woman takes the job that means that's the man that's not gonna have that job well okay I guess I mean that's what happens when somebody gets a job if you got more than one application you know applicant for a, an opening somebody's gonna get that job that means somebody else isn't gonna get that job that's just how it works in the big old world but I, I <laughs> would it improve the game? I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I want, I tend to want to say, I don't think so. I don't think the women players, like in baseball, they, they might, I, I don't know if they're going to be as fast. I don't know if they're going to hit the ball as hard or as far. I don't know if they, they sure, there are women players that sure, you know, any woman player can sure shit play baseball better, better than I can because I can't play for a damn. That's why I watch it. But, hmm, and then I think, geez, am I, is that, is that this, 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 you know, this patriarchy, this, this uh, misogynistic in the institutions of the world still being there? Will it, there will there come a day when there are no men's and women's leagues that they just everybody plays the game? If you can do it, play it. Is it going to come to that? It, maybe. I know this is a very satisfying way to end this particular topic, but I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how it would go, and I don't know how I'd feel about it. Part of me is thinking. God no, we no. That's just no. It's just anyway. It's just let the men have their. You know, the women can have theirs, and you know, you know, we can do that. Let's just let's just work on making the women's leagues more more popular. You know, build their audience, and and, and so those players can make the big time money too. Because if they can, you know, if the players are starting to make the big time money, you know, that means the owners of those teams are making even bigger time money, right? So isn't that a win-win sort of kind of thing? Um, I don't know. It's uh, it's above my thinking process. <clears throat> so, I think I'm going to end it there. Um, I'm trying to decide. Well, here's something that's uh, that's that's good. You know, the old days of skepticism. I, I miss them so much, and I do like it when. Some of my skeptical heroes step up to the plate and and say some you know, good, wise things that need to be said. <clears throat> and uh, okay, not we're gonna roll into COVID here. Uh, I know, but I, I I tried to not talk about it for a while, but I, I I'm gonna talk about it here for a little bit. And the disinformation and the misinformation that's out there. And and the damage it's doing to us. Uh, President Biden voiced it. He says, you know, those of us have essentially said, those of us who have gotten vaccinated are losing our patience. Let's go here. So we have the tool to get past this pandemic. Let's go here. You know, I'm feeling that. I'm not feeling very charitable toward people that say, well, you know, it's my body, my choice, which it's not. And it's just a silly argument. If you're talking about motorcycle helmets and you say it's my body, my choice, I say you're fine. You're right. Your body, your choice. Because you fall off that motorcycle, you're, you know, the helmet protects you. It doesn't harm any. You know, it's like you know. And actually, uh, one motorcycle rider told me, "Well, really, the helmet isn't going to do much for you." And I said, "Well, it'll help for cleanup. It'll keep your brains inside the bucket of the helmet, won't it? <laughs> you know, won't it? But the helmet." affects only the rider. But a virus 
doesn't just affect the person that's infected with the virus. It's everybody else that that person can get infected. This is something that's been said for over a year and a half now. And the people who don't want to get vaccinated still don't get it. They still don't, they still don't hear it. They'll hear rumors about, you know, somebody, you know, grew a third arm out of their, out of their, you know, back of their head because they took the vaccine, which I, that's me being facetious, I know. That's me, but it's, I'm being ridiculous, but it's, it's not all that far from that. And there's this thing called the VAERS system. Uh, VAERS, it stands, it stands for Vaccine Adverse Effects Res, uh, re, Response Reporting System or something like that. And it's a system that, that you can go online or you can call a number and anybody can report something. I got the vaccine and I, I went cross-eyed after I had the vaccine. I, you know, anybody can do it. And they could lie. They could just, just make stuff up and put it on there. You know, my cousin died after getting the vaccine. You know, my cousin's friend, his testicles uh, enlarged and his fiance called off the wedding. <laughs> you know, that, that was something that went around. Anybody can call that. Anybody can make a report there. The reason it's been set up, set up by the, the CDC and the FDA, is to look for potential patterns. If they see, if they, they, they're getting calls from a, uh, or, or reports from a particular part of the, the United States, let's say, you know, in, some, in, in, the, in the Northeast, they're getting lots of reports about, uh, you know, nausea and vomiting or something after taking a particular vaccine. They look and they see what you know what batch of this vaccine, whichever it is, you know, flu vaccine, a measles vaccine, or some other you know whatever vaccine it is. They look into it and they find that this a particular batch that was sent to this part of the country was bad. Something was wrong with it. That that's what that's what it's there for. It's there to find patterns. You know, if if they see something happening, then they take a deeper look into it. Then they really investigate. But this is just to see what people are reporting about it. Most of it's probably just, you know, uh, uh, causation, cor correlation, causation uh, mistakes. You know, uh, you know, just because you know. Well, I I felt sick after getting the vaccine. Then I that was because of the vaccine. Well, it might have been, but it might have been you were going to feel sick anyway whether you got the vaccine or not. You know, maybe you got food poisoning and you blame it on the vaccine. Yeah, whatever. So that's, that's what goes. And that's where people like the misinformation agent uh, Tucker Carlson, the man with the most punchable voice in America, he, he, he's saying, you know, the thousands that have died. You know, if he says after the vaccine, but then I've heard him say because of the vaccine, suggesting that it's because of the vaccine, the, the COVID one. And it's, he's, he's basing it on the VAERS reporting. That's what he's basing it on. He's not basing it on any, you know, true scientifically conducted study. He's not basing it on that. He's basing it on just people calling up and reporting, which anybody can do. Anybody can call it, email, or, or, or I don't know, post it, whatever it is, how, they, how, they, how the VAERS collects the information. Anybody can do it. So that's where he's going off on this. That's those red flags. Or, you know, that's the bullshit that he's peddling. Which, by the way, he's been vaccinated. Oh, <clears throat> well, if he hasn't, he's getting tested every day. Because that is... <clears throat> excuse me, my throat's drying. That is the, the mandate that's been put in place by Fox News. The uh, corporation of Fox News has... has made it so that all of their employees either have to be vaccinated or they're tested, you know, or they have to have a negative test in order to come into work every day. President Biden, his mandate, which isn't a mandate forcing people to get vaccinated, it's, it's, it's saying you either get vaccinated or you do a weekly test. There's a choice. Or third choice, you find a new job. So... <clears throat> Fox News' mandate is even tighter. So Tucker is either vaccinated 
or he's getting a test every day. So I was talking about, you know, when somebody on our side, the side of the good, takes on somebody that's throwing out the disinformation. I will talk more about that when I come back from this break. My throat's getting a little, uh, <clears throat> I need to... I need to tend to it during this break. You're listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network uh, at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Jim Fitzsimmons. I'll be right back. Pushing the rock of reason up the hill of paranormal. It's Dr. Dim, and you're listening to Dimland Radio on Z Talk Radio Network. Hey everyone, this is Professor Dave. I want to teach you about all kinds of things regarding science. I want to tell you about physics. I want to tell you about chemistry, biology, astronomy, math, and many, many more things. Come check me out on YouTube. The channel is called Professor Dave Explains. Take it easy. He knows a lot about the science stuff, Professor Dave explains. Station identification. You're listening to Z-Talk Radio Network. Operating frequency on ztalkradio.com. back to Dimland Radio here in the Talk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. Recording this from my bedroom, or not my bedroom, my uh, my art room upstairs at my house because my wife, it's earlier in the evening on a Saturday when I normally don't record these on Saturdays because of the baseball game last night. And all that. I told you that all in the first segment. Do I sound different in here? Does it sound different? I wonder. I'll, I'll have to listen in Saturday. <laughs> Should I say later tonight? <laughs> okay. Anyway, um, so uh, Joe Rogan, I believe I've named him a Dimland Radio Science Zero before because of his uh, dude. You're young. You're healthy. Why would you need to get vaccinated? I don't know. I don't know, Joe. Maybe because I want to stay. You know, I want to get old and healthy. You know, be healthy. I want to be old and healthy. You know, maybe there's that. Maybe I don't want to give my grandmother this illness. Huh? How about that? She's old. She may not be as healthy. How about that? Huh? How about that? Dude, it's all just about you. You know, it's just you. Don't think about anybody else. Just me, 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 me. That's a society, right? That's what we are now, right? We just think about me. You know, my body, my choice. Me, me, me. Not to buy body, my choice when it comes to abortion. I mean, when they, 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 they use this stupid argument, which they're suddenly pro-choice, because, you know, they don't want to get vaccinated. All right, you don't want to get vaccinated? Hide in your basement. Anyway, <clears throat> Joe Rogan, science, uh, dimly reader, science zero, uh, has is continuing to give this misinformation. Uh, he got COVID, surprise, surprise. He got the COVID, and then he tells everybody, he tells his millions of listeners. I get I got no listeners compared to Joe. Joe's podcast is vastly more successful than this thing is, but at least I'm not giving out bullshit information. Uh, he's got millions of listeners hanging on every word. So he says, oh, I yeah, got the COVID. And yeah, we're throwing the kitchen sink at it. Yeah, we're using uh, yeah, we're using the monoclonal uh, uh, antibodies, which I think 
do work, uh, that do help. Uh, and then, of course, the ivermectin, the human kind, not the kind for livestock, I'm sure. And then a bunch of, you know, vitamin D and a bunch of other shit, you know. So it's might as well just, how about airborne? Why don't you use airborne, too? And some homeopathic remedy stuff. How about that? That'll help. Maybe uh, wear some crystals. Put one up your butthole. I hear that makes you healthy. And then have somebody wave their hands over you. Oh, that'll help. They'll wave their hands over you. Don't, don't let them touch you. They'll wave the, wave their hands over you and take away that negative energy. And then you can have a bunch of people pray for you, too. Anyway. Well, he's, you know, he's young enough. He's healthy enough. And he didn't, he's gotten through it, I guess. And he's thinking, well, dude, now I've had it. I don't need the vaccine. You know, you're more protected. You're, you do have antibodies. You're protected if you've had it, that natural immunity. But how strong is it? Uh, how long does it last? I'm, making, I'm shrugging my shoulders when I'm saying these things. What I'm hearing is that uh, you're not as protected as somebody who's had the vaccine. But if you've had COVID and you've gotten the vaccine, you're more protected than somebody who's just gotten the, who's, just, who's had only the vaccine. So my brother-in-law, who's had COVID, and my sister and his and his wife, uh, which I guess is my sister-in-law, right? Right. The two of them both had COVID. My brother-in-law ended up in the hospital for a few days, very close, very close to a ventilator, very close, but pulled through. When he was finally well enough to get vaccinated, he got vaccinated. His wife got vaccinated, so they're more protected. So Joe's got these people coming on talking about the ivermectin and, you know, the guy, the ivermectin guy, the guy created he got a Nobel Prize. Yeah, for, for a medication used to deworm animals and get parasites out of people. Yeah, not for this other thing. And then, it, and then there's this other deal. It's called in, in vitro. In vitro means a, in a Petri dish. You know, they put this little, you know, bits of virus in this dish, and then they, and then they put some, you know, ivermectin in there and see what happens. And they see that ivermectin in a Petri dish seems to have some effect on it. Ooh. But Petri dishes don't, you know, always scale up. You know, you're not a Petri dish. You are far more complex. And it's not shown, ivermectin has not been shown to work in people. To actually, you know, it does if you got scabies, but it doesn't work for COVID. So you got dipshits like Joe Rogan, who's got millions of listeners giving bullshit information out. And he gets bullshit people on there to give their bullshit information. And Dimland Radio Science Heroes, if I've not, if I haven't made this official, I'm making it official right now. You know, the Skeptics Guide to the Universe people. Uh, that's that's Dr. Steve Novella. His brothers uh, Bob and Jay, their friend Evan Bernstein, and Kara Santa Maria. Those five, and in the past, uh, it was uh, uh, Rebecca Watson and jeez uh, Perry DeAngelis. Uh, they were also on the show. Uh, Perry DeAngelis died after a couple of years of uh, doing the Skeptics Guide, and then Rebecca came in and was with them for a few years, and then she left, and now they brought in Kara uh, Santa Maria, and it's a good cast. I think they're great, and they do this Friday night live stream thing on YouTube. It's not quite as regimented as the the podcast itself. That's something where they really work to, you know, each person takes on a topic, they have a discussion. It's fun. It's it, it's it can be funny. You get good information there. They back their shit up. And if they get something wrong, you know, they 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 correct it. They they clarify things if they've left if they just shot off the hip without realizing that uh, that they you know without having a chance to really dig into it because it was something that just came up within the discussion on the show they didn't realize they were going to talk about that they they somebody calls them out and they says oh yep you know so they look into it and they dig into it more for the next show and but on the Friday night talk it's just they 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 gather they have a conversation and and this uh, a couple weeks ago a couple Fridays ago. Uh, Steve and Jay just thoroughly took Joe Rogan to task and just ripped him and, and his guests uh, uh, a new one, as the kids like to say. 
Yeah, it's it's and and Jay says you know I like Joe Rogan. I think he's funny. He liked him on the 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 Fear Factor show. Uh, he says, but boy, just see him on this. What he does on this thing, and it's just absolutely horrible, what he does. Um, and so just to listen to them uh, rip into him, it's just it's wonderful. <laughs> you know, and Jay, who gets quite emotional, says, you know, they'll never have Steve on the show. He'll never Joe Rogan will never have Steve Novella on the show, where Steve will get, call him out, uh, Joe out on his bullshit, and he'll, he'll back up his stuff. You know, he'll say that these people are talking to you don't know what they're talking about. You know, because Steve Novella is a doctor, he's a neurologist, he's a clinician, he he understands medical studies. He knows when he's not within his expertise to reach out to those who have the expertise. He knows this kind of stuff, and it, it's just something to listen to them. So I'll link to that particular um, uh, Friday Night Live stream. It's on YouTube, and it's like the first half hour of what they what they do in there. Some pretty much the most of the first half hour, and it's I find it very enjoyable to listen to them shred somebody. But the thing is, Joe Rogan's audience is just too big, and it's he doesn't care. He doesn't care. He's just asking questions. I'm just asking questions. Uh, there's been news that the Pfizer uh, booster has been approved by the CDC uh, or recommended by the CDC to uh, give, be given out. It's, it's going to start being given out to uh, people that are 65 and older who have spent at least six months since they, they got their, vac their Pfizer vaccine. Uh, and my parents are in that group, and they're close to six months right now. So Monday they have a doctor's appointment for my mom. And they're going to ask about, uh, do we get the booster? Because they want to get the booster. I want them to get the booster. Uh, for 18 to 64, it's been approved to get a booster if there's an underlying condition. Diabetes, asthma, obesity. I'm, I hear high blood pressure. Uh, your, your host, your humble host has high blood pressure. So I hear that, oh my goodness. <coughs> That's a first. I just sneezed on the show. I've never sneezed in 11 years. <laughs> Excuse me. I've not sneezed in 11 years of doing Dimline Radio, and I just did just now. Let's hope it's the only one. Whew. <clears throat> I'll have to mark this show down as a, it's a special Dimland Radio. Anyway, so I have high blood pressure. And I, you know, I, I should ask my doctor. So, okay, you know, when it gets to the six months for me, you know, six months time thing, do I get the booster or not? It, I don't know. So um, then there's the, there was this third category that the CDC panel that was uh, voting on what they their approvals. They were they each giving their reasons for against approving. The, the booster for which groups. The third group that they were looking at were frontline people, the people that are healthcare workers, that are grocery store workers, that you know, people that are uh, exposed. They have high exposures to, uh, or are high risk anyway, to exposure to COVID. They, they uh, by a vote of nine to six, said no for that, boosters for them. They said no at this time. Uh, it was the CDC president, uh, Dr. Rochelle Walensky, she overrode that. She just overrode that, overruled that vote, I should say. And, and so now uh, nurses and doctors and, and you know, nursing care, home workers and grocery store workers and that, those people can get the booster. So I guess, that, but you have to wait, you know, until it's at least six months past the, you know, uh, when they got the initial Pfizer. And that's just Pfizer. Moderna and Johnson and Johnson are. I think Moderna has applied to get the uh, authorization to give the booster shot, and uh, Johnson and Johnson I think is a, is going to. And one of the reasons why they thought, well, you know, maybe we shouldn't be okaying boosters for all these groups is because they want there to be you know, vaccine doses for those Americans who still haven't gotten vaccinated and let's get vaccinated come on and if you've been vaccinated please I want please accept my thanks I thank you so much for getting vaccinated but it, it's it's um, 
It's because they, they want to have vaccine available for you know, poorer countries in the world. And the United States has just ordered another 500 million doses to be given to uh, poorer countries to get, you know, try to get the vaccine out to them. And that's, you know, that's, that's, that's a good thing. <sighs> if we could just get people to get the damn shot. How much time have I got left in this show? I don't know. Let me take a look here. Let me look at my clock. Let me look at my thing. What am I looking? What am I going to do? Okay, this is what I'm going to do. Last week, I talked about a cool thing. Was that um, a couple bands that I like, ABBA and Killing Joke, uh, both have released new material. ABBA hasn't released new material in like 30-something years. Uh, Killing Joke has been producing stuff since you know, since I first heard of them in the 1980s. They've been producing stuff all you know over the years, uh, and but they both have something new out. And I mentioned a song for each, uh, 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 you know, a song or two, uh, or two by each band as that's standing out of their new stuff. Well, with ABBA, it's just two new songs right now. The new album hasn't come out yet. With Killing Joke, they they put out this album called Pylon, and there were two songs in there that I mentioned. One was uh, 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 Big Buzz, I think it is, and the other is I Am The Virus. And so what I do on Sunday mornings, I sit down and I write up the show notes for the show. Again, you're only getting like you know, like 48.356% of the show if you're not reading the show notes. So, you know, you want to check out the show notes. Um, it, it, so I, uh, I, I put in links to one song each. Uh, for uh, One of the songs, the one I prefer, uh, Don't Shut Me Down, and the song I Am The Virus. For, you know, so don't shut me down for ABBA. I'm the virus for kill, killing jokes. So I link to both of those, and they are there's a similarity between the two videos that that if you went to the links you will see. Uh, the video I linked for for ABBA does not show the band at all. It has uh, some kind of space looking you know spheres that glow and light up and change shape and stuff in the background. Uh, it kind of looks like a space kind of thing, uh, like a screensaver. And then the words that are being sung, the lyrics are being put on the screen as they're being sung. So you can read along with what's being sung. The Killing Joe video also doesn't fe feature the band. Also has the lyrics of the song being written out as the song's being sung. But this one has images that are in there. Uh, very prominent images that they show are um, uh, cell phone towers. You know, you know what they look like. And, and other images like that. And <clears throat> I am the virus. Now, I, I, I just, I, at that point, I'd only heard the song, I think, once. I just listened to the album through once, and that was one that stood out for me. And so I just, I didn't catch the lyrics, you know, like my mom used to say, you know, it's music, you just can't hear the lyrics, you don't understand them. You used to be able to understand the lyrics when we, when I was a kid, you understood what they were singing, you can't understand them now. And that's true. You can't understand uh, the Killing Joke lyrics very well through, you know, so, so seeing the lyrics on the screen, so, oh, okay, because I wasn't sure. I am the virus. Hmm, that seems pretty provocative, does it not? Well, I have some of the lyrics here for you right now. And I'll go over it with you. <clears throat> Here we go. <clears throat> Death, misery, and tears, calculated waves of fear, drawn up by think tanks. There's a darkness in the West, oil swilling, guzzling corporates, central banking, mind effing op uh, omnipotence. Okay, they actually use the word. I, I try not to say the F-bomb too often. I am the fury, the spirit of outrage. I am the fire. I am the virus. I am the virus. I am the furnace where resentment glows, I am the bias, I am the virus, I am the virus. <clears throat> this little section here. False flags and black ops, Tavistock manufactured shocks, something's gone horribly wrong, hot flushes for the neocon, a population in deep denial, contagion released from a file. P-H-I-A-L. Test tube. And then the more that I am the virus, I am the virus, I am the virus. Um, and then it gets to this other little bit here. No one believes in 9-11. Steel frame buildings don't fall in seconds. Murderers in black robes decapitate innocence. 
the public blank or the public bank stare bank the public banks stare did you sleep okay last night mr blair <laughs> tony blair it's like i am the virus i am the way yeah and i thought uh okay are they i, I don't are they uh criticizing conspiracy thinking or are they indulging in it i mean the 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 uh the no one believes in 9-11 steel frame buildings don't fall in seconds uh yes they do we saw it happen on 9-11 <clears throat> are they referring to uh, excuse me i gotta take another step here are they referring to what the conspiracy theorists the truthers 9-11 truthers would say in the but those buildings went at faster than free fall or at free fall speed or something like no, the towers didn't. You know how you know that the towers didn't come down at free at free fall speed? You know how they didn't? How we can tell that? When you watch the videos of the towers coming down, you can see chunks of the towers coming off of the of the tower, the main part that's coming down. The, you see big chunks that come off of that, come completely detached from anything. They're now just there. That's just that chunk falling in the air not attached to the tower at all and it begins to fall faster than the tower is coming down that piece that chunk that comes off is now falling at free fall or approaching it i guess whatever free fall speed is and the rest of the building is still being affected because the there's other floors that are breaking and all that so <sighs> come on <laughs> that's how you can tell but i i don't know I don't know where they're at in this. And then so, as a skeptic, how do, I, how do I feel about this song? I like how it goes. I like the feel of it. I just, I, if they're indulging in conspiracy theory, shame on them. But that doesn't mean I'm not going to like the song. I mean, a, a, a couple weeks ago, I played, when I was talking to my atheist section, I don't know if you guys noticed this, but one of the bumpers I played was Lord, I Hope This Day Is Good by Don Williams. I put that there on purpose. Just to mess with your mind. Wait a minute. He's just talking about this atheist stuff and now he's playing a song that's essentially a prayer? <laughs> where where Don Williams is singing and saying, just, you know, when you're planning how this day will be, plan a good day for me. You know, it may be hard for the devil to do, but it would be easy for you. You know, it's like... <laughs> it's he's, he's, make, he's, he's pleading with God, his, his imaginary friend, He's pleading with him to stop what he's doing and, you know, hey, how about a good day for me, huh? How about a good day? Hey, you know, there are people starving in this par parts of the world. We've got all kinds of nasty stuff happening. There's wars, there's famine, there's all kinds of crap going on, and you want me to make a nice day for you? <laughs> you want me to, you know, and you have no idea what's going on on all the other planets that I'm monitoring. <clears throat> Why, Rigel 7... Is in a, is in full genocide mode right now, and I have to deal with that. So you want me to make a nice day for you? That's great. But I love the song. Great melody. I like how the lyrics flow. I don't agree with what the lyrics are saying. I don't believe in the God, but I don't care. I like the song. And if this is a conspiracy thing, I mean, it's going to temper my feelings about the song. But I still like it. Uh, am I... Is that wrong of me? Good night, Adolfo. Good night, Frau Blucher. Well, it's the end of another show. And the first one in 512 shows in which I sneezed. <laughs> anyway, you've been listening to Dimland Radio, the Z-Talk Radio Network, uh, Extraordinary Claims, you know, and... Uh, What's the other things I say? Uh, be, be skeptical. Uh, you've been listening to Dimline Radio and the Z-Talk Radio Network, and this is your host, Jim, Dr. Jim Simmons, reminding you to sleep with the lights off. Get vaccinated. If you've been vaccinated, thank you. You can check out my show notes at dimland.com. Just click on the blog option, and you can email your questions and comments to drdim at dimland.com. That's D-R-D-I-M at dimland.com. And the opening theme song, Ram, is by Theolius and is used with permission.
This has been a production of the Z-Talk Radio Network. And now, a message to our competitors. Thanks. Thanks for, for tuning us in. Well, I'm going to hell.